What's happening, people? Are listening to another episode of the Giants Guys. It's the podcast you love to hate, but you know you guys can't live without us. And as always, I'm in the lab with Zane and Chris. I gave the rest of the staff off today because it's a special day. All right, man. It's like a special day. I'm going to tell you why. Um, gentlemen, uh, help me welcome a very special guy to the show and to the New York Giants family, our fourth round draft pick tight end from San Diego State, Daniel Bellinger. Woo! All right. Super excited yeah. to have you, man. Super pumped and can't wait. Can't wait. Can't, can't wait. wait. How are you, Daniel? I'm excited. I'm, I'm super excited, man. I can't wait to get after it, man. It's just uh, all right, so- a whirlwind of emotions. Do, do we call you Dan? Do we call you Daniel? Do we call you DB? What do they call you? I've been called all of them. So, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, I'm good with any of it. A lot of people uh, just call me Dan. Can, Dan, we, can so. we come up with a nickname for you? Like, how do you pronounce your last name? Is it Bellinger or is it Bellinger? Uh, Bellinger, yeah. So the one a lot of thing people, I, uh, they, call, they call Cody Bellinger Belly or something. So a lot of people call me <laughs> Belly. But. I was going to say, we just call you the Bell because that's how you hit people. <laughs> that point of attack, right. he knocks bells off of people. Yeah, D-Bell. D-Bell. I, D-Bell. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the man come up with his own nickname as the time goes on. I, right now, I'm calling him Daniel because we just met the gentleman 30 seconds ago. So well, we're best friends now. It's too <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Daniel, I'm going to start. So here's a couple things. Um, One, it's an honor to have you on the show. Um, and wearing Giants blue. I mean, there is no fans like Giants fans. Um, the, the statement that you'll learn as you go on is once a Giant, always a Giant. And that's that's something that, you know, the fans, you know, um, have lived by for a long time. Um, and I'm sure the last two weeks have been like a tornado. Cameras in your face, people calling you, blowing your phone up. You probably got nine girlfriends on nine different phones. Like, I get it, all right? So I'm going to help you ease into this, my friend. Um, the first and foremost, most guys don't know this. We interviewed a lot of guys. The Giants play in New Jersey. Do you know that? Um, I didn't know that until after I got drafted. <laughs> okay. So the way it lays out, Daniel, is North Jersey is an extension of New York, where South Jersey is an extension of Philadelphia. What you probably don't realize is between New York and Philadelphia is only two hours. If that. Wow. If yeah, that. so it I splits. Yeah, so it splits the state the state in half. The capitals at Trenton, which is in the middle of the state. So from Trenton up, you get you get Giants fans and you know a sprinkle of Jet fans. There are they're like the little brother in town. And then from Trenton down, you get Eagles fans. So that's the first thing we play in Jersey, right? Um, my my next question is so I mean you kind of answered it before. You haven't been to New York before, have you? Never, no. My whole life, I've never been uh, the, to New York. My farthest East Coast I've been is to, like, Virginia. So I've right. been to uh, too much East Coast. When you get off the plane, I'm promising you now you'll laugh. When you get off the plane, you're probably flying into Newark most likely, right? Yep, yep. You're going to have a holy shit moment because, <laughs> like, you know, Newark basically – Newark's not the greatest town in the world, but – it literally sits right on the New York skyline. And as you drive to the facility up the Jersey Turnpike, you're just going to be staring at the waterfront and you just think of this moment and be like, yo, that cat Craig was right. It is a holy, <laughs> sh- it's a holy shit moment, man. It's a pretty big city. I'll have to take a video, get my, my phone ready for it. Awesome. Awesome. Hit us, hit us up. Copy <laughs> us on that. Um, so let's talk, let's do the softball stuff first. And everybody wants to know. One is you're born and raised in Vegas. What the heck is that like? Because I got to tell you, I know this probably makes me sound like a dope, but 
when I think about Vegas, it's the adult playground. I don't think of like communities and high school, stuff like that. So what's it like being raised in Vegas? Right. Yeah. Anybody, anybody that uh, asks about Vegas, they're like, Oh, how's the strip? You know, how's the casinos? And honestly, I've born and raised here. I've been to the strip probably like four or five times, you know, my whole life. So realistically, you know, if you're from Vegas, you still kind of stay away from the strip, cause, you know, there's just so many people down there and it gets crazy down there. So, uh, you know, you stay away from it. There's, there's different parts, you know, there's a part called Summerlin and then a, a, another part called Henderson. Um, I kind of grew up in both. Um, but really, uh, Summerlin's where I kind of mainly grew up and, uh, you know, the, the, it's just like anywhere else, you know, you know, biggest thing we like to do, they have like red rock mountains and stuff and, uh, it's the desert. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of land out here where we just walk around, hike, you know, just as friends, just playing football in the dirt, you know, that's just how I'm growing up. But, uh, you know, we don't really stay, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a, uh, not normal for me to walk in and not see a casino in a grocery store. Cause every time I walk to a grocery store, there's slot machines and stuff. So I kind of grew up like that and just got used to it, but. Uh, really, it's it's no different other than the uh, the slot machines and everywhere you go, you know. Yeah, because like when I think of Vegas, like you know, I think casinos, strip clubs, golf courses. I mean, don't get me wrong, right. New Jersey's not that far off without the beautiful scenery. You know, you got a lot of cool buildings, and you know, a city never sleeps kind of thing is true. But you know, you got Atlantic City right here. You got you know, you've got plenty of gambling going on. Not like Vegas, of course, but that's interesting because I don't ever think of Vegas like that. Um, you know, so no, well, yeah, you're going to have that surreal moment when you get off the plane, but I had to at least find out like what Vegas is like. You're just trying to tell me like it's another city. It's for me. It is. I mean, it's, it's no different than, uh, I was in San Diego the last four years. It's of course, San Diego's weather's a little bit different, but, uh, you know, it's no different, you know, it's just a, a nice, nice place anywhere else. You know, it's just for us, it's, it's the desert. So, you know, we're used to mountains everywhere and, and just walking outside. And if you wanted to go to Lake Mead. Uh, you know, it's just a place where we got to go. And, you know, other than, like I said, the slot machines and the casinos and being able to buy alcohol everywhere. You know, I go, I went to, uh, I think, uh, Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. And it was different, you know, it was different than uh, than Vegas. So, I mean, other than those small things, it's it's just about anywhere else. All right. Go ahead, Zane, jump in. Yeah, man. I mean, first of all, again, thank you. Uh, great to have you here. You're you're part of the first one of the draft class to come chat with us, and uh, really, really grateful to have you around. Uh, so, aside from obviously the entire shock factor, right? That's gonna wear off a little bit. I'm sure your family's elated, friends are elated, alumni from your school, right? Everybody's really, really in a good mood. So, tell me, number one, how did you end up at San Diego State? That's part one, right? How did you end up there? And then in high school, you were a tight end and a linebacker, right? You weren't just straight tight end. You played both sides of the ball for Palo Verde. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. So you, you play basketball and you ran track, which we'll get to a little bit later about your athletic background. It's actually very, very impressive. So did you get recruited to play linebacker or did you tell the recruiters, hey, you know what? I only want to play tight end. How did, how did that go for you? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, first first and foremost, I wasn't highly recruited. You know, I think I was like a two-star uh, coming out. You know, um, I was a smaller guy. You know, I was not, not height-wise. I was always tall, but I was only about 200 pounds, uh, you know, my senior year. So, I wasn't very big. You know, it's it was hard to put on weight, uh, like you mentioned, with track and basketball, uh, running 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 so much. It was hard to keep on the weight. Um, but, you know, just just coming, to, coming into my senior year, I only had uh, a couple offers. You know, I had UNLV. Um, Naval Academy and the Weaver State. Um, then once I got to my senior years, when I just got a, I picked up uh, San Diego State and uh, Cal, 
was my last two. So I only had about uh, six offers, five, six offers uh, coming out. Um, and, you know, I did have a few schools look at me um, at defense, you know, Washington, um, a couple of Pac-12 schools came and said, um, how do you feel about defensive end and linebacker? And, you know, I told, I told every scout that came by, like, I just love football. So, you know, if they wanted me to play defense and want to offer me for defense, I was with it. Um, you know, and then other schools came by and said, hey, we want you to uh, catch, catch some touchdowns for us. And I said, hey, I'm all for it. Um, so for me, the recruiting process um, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't very highly recruited, but uh, I did get some offers. I did get some looks for defense, but all my offers came from, uh, from tight end. Awesome. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, Dan. Welcome, Daniel. Welcome to uh, Big Blue. So we, we can't wait to, to see you, and, and uh, we're excited to, uh, to have you, uh, you know, with us. Daniel, you know, looking at San Diego State, I mean, I think it was a heavy run type of offense, right? I think you averaged maybe 168 yards passing, but yet 174 yards rushing. And I was, you know, it was a pleasure to hear you were second in the leading in receptions with 31 on the team. Are you excited now you're coming to this new offense, which I think and a lot of us think it's going to be predicated more as uh, of a passing offense and even a running offense. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, I'm super excited for it. You know, coming into my senior year, um, we actually got a new offensive coordinator my junior year at San Diego State. And, you know, when he came in, he said, hey, we're going to pass the ball. Um, you know, unfortunately, with COVID and, and we had a lot of uh, quarterback challenges uh, my senior and junior year. Um, so it was difficult trying to transitioning um, into that passing offense. You know, we had such a stacked running back room at San Diego State. So um, it was it was and we had a solid O-line to a veteran O-line my, my senior year. So. Uh, our, our team always kind of leaned more towards the running style offense, you know, the hard nose, just just a mental toughness kind of kind of offense. And, you know, that's that's again why I uh, went there, you know, just kind of the blue collar program. You know, I love just just playing football, you know, like I mentioned. Um, but, no, I'm super excited for it because my, my senior year, the offense coordinator said he was trying to give me 15, 20 targets a game. And unfortunately, it didn't work out that way, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, it came down the middle of the season and the offense coordinator actually came and said, hey, I'm sorry, we're not giving you the ball more. Uh, but I, I just looked at my coach today, coach, like, as long as we're winning, right? You know, we had uh, 12 wins this last year at San Diego State. It was our, uh, we had the most wins in our, our school history, actually. Um, so, you know, I talked to my tight end coach at San Diego State and talked to my offense coordinator yesterday. I can get the ball one time. I can get the ball 100 times. Whatever gets us the win is the most important, right? You know, winning is, is why That's we play ball. So, so, um, so, yeah, so I'm excited for it, you know. And then the same thing for the Giants. You know, I just want to help the team win. You know, if it's if that means me getting 20 uh, targets a game and me getting 10 receptions a game and and having put up big numbers and that helps us win the game then let's do it you know i'm ready to go um but if if instead it means i gotta put my hand in the ground and and, and just block block my ass off all game you know let's do it you know what i mean so uh i'm excited for it for sure you know i'm just excited to come in and play with these guys and the level of competition that it, that it takes to play um at this level is just something that i'm super excited for and you know i can't wait to get started with it so yeah i'm excited Oh, that's Think great. Back this way. There's only 1,800 players in the NFL. It's one of the most <laughs> right. elite jobs on the planet, man. Right. Um, so, well, and I want to back up to the San Diego State stuff because, like, I did a, a ton of research, you know, on you and that excellent family you have there. You got a military background with, with <laughs> your dad and your grandfather. Like, they're Navy guys, pilots even. I mean, it's – I mean, the Bellinger family are definitely studs without a doubt. Um. <laughs> And then, of course, you know, you got Cal and uh, UNLV, you know, all, you know, hunting you down to potentially come play ball. You know, I, I loved the article I read. It was just super cool. I'm assuming you're pretty tight with your family, you know, that, you, that your grandpa was on the phone with you trying to convince you to go to Navy. Like, 
like, how did that go down? Like, I'm sure, you know, they want you to make your own choice, but listen, I've been to San Diego a bunch of times and, and it's like God's country. It is absolutely beautiful. <laughs> like right. when you're on, when you're thinking about, okay, well, this is where, you know, my dad was a Navy guy. My grandfather's a Navy guy, but man, this beach is calling me. Like, like, how do you make that decision? Like, cause that's gotta be tough, right? Yeah, it was, it was tough. I mean, ever since I was little, you know, my, my grandfather would give me Navy shirts and Navy jackets and I always had a bunch of Navy stuff uh, growing up. And, you know, anytime uh, Navy played Army, you know, it was always on and we were always rooting for Navy. So uh, just growing up, I kind of had that, that Navy mentality. And then, of course, with uh, military background, you know, just kind of growing up with those 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 morals and stuff like that, you know, just kind of just ingrained into my, in my head and those kind of old school style play. Um, but then when it came down to the decision, you know, uh, Navy was – Again, more East Coast is just so far from home, uh, which was a part of the decision. And at the same time, like I went to San Diego for a visit and it was hard to beat the weather there for sure, man. I mean, 60s, 70s year round was, was hard to beat. Um, and then just just uh, just visiting the campus and uh, really what, what I fell in love with was the coaching staff at San Diego State. You know, uh, Coach Horton, the offense coordinator, when he was the offense coordinator my first two years and now he's the running backs coach, an assistant head coach there. Uh, you know, just just kind of fell in love with him and, and my tight end coaches at the time. And, you know, it was just I felt like it was a really good fit for me. You know, I could learn from from the tight ends that were there and they were on their way out. So I, I was on my way in. So I knew it was a great opportunity for me. And Navy uh, kind of ran that. Uh, I think they run like what the triple option, just like every other every other uh, team. <laughs> yeah, so I, think I, was, I, I think I ran the wing T in college. I mean, like some of that <laughs> yeah. stuff is like you're like, I'm never getting the ball in this. Oh, office. man. Man, yeah, I ran the, actually the double wing in uh, in high school. All through high school, I ran the double wing offense. So I was excited to, to to get a little bit different, but kind of the same thing as San Diego State, you know, kind of get some more pro-style offense. So I was just – I fell in love with the place, and I fell in love with the coaching staff more at San Diego State than I did at Navy. But it was a hard choice. You know, I had my grandpa in my ear just influencing me as much as he could. But I, lo- I love a guy who says he fell in love with the coaching staff, not fell in love with the girls in San Diego. I love a guy that, that is willingly to admit it was about the coaching staff. All right. So kind of along the line with these guys we're talking about, like San Diego State doesn't feature the tight end, right? Um, I watched a ton of film on you, uh, and it's easy to see you're a dominant blocker. I mean, you sink your hips, you get your hands in the right place, you know, and you drive. Uh, the Giants haven't had a dominant uh, pass blocking tight end since 2013. They had a, a tight end by the name of Bayer Pascal. Uh, he played for the Giants from 2009 to 2013. He purely was a blocker. He probably caught 10 to 12 balls, a, you know, a year, but dominant pass blocker. And then we've been in no man's land ever since. Um, but you also have good hands. I mean, contested balls, you know what I mean? You, uh, you have no problem going up for the ball. You got, I mean, you got good, you know, uh, you know, downhill speed, you definitely find the soft spot in the defense a lot of times. Um, in fact, what, what blew me away was you averaged, ready? And you, you, if you don't know this, okay, this is the kind of things that we do. Um, you averaged 17.7 yards a catch in high school. Okay, so like, I already know you can get down the field and you can catch the ball. Yes, it's high school, but like you have the ability to get downfield. Um, like, were you just ever like at any time? And I know you kind of answered this already, but like, do you ever just go, coach, throw me the rock? I mean, like, you know, and I know you said they tried and I know you said that like, you didn't care cause you were winning, but like the Giants fans that are like in the room and I see you guys, I see Mitz, I see you, 
I see you, Bill. I see you, Nigel. I see all you guys in the boom. Blue City, Carrie. I see all you guys in the room. Thanks for stopping in. Um, do, do you ever like pinch yourself now to be like, dude, I'm going to the pros and it's a passing league. So they're going to throw me the ball sooner or later. Like, does that hit you? Or like I said, are you just head down? You know, I'm cool with being a block and tight. Cause everyone's like, you're a block and tight end. And I'm like, this cat used to have 17.7 yards of catch in high school. He could get down the field. Like, does that bother you at all? Or are you just, like I said, like just you're, you're moving forward? Right. You know, in, in college, it, it definitely got frustrating at times, you know, especially there's there's a lot of times, you know, in spring ball, my junior, senior year, when we put in that new system, you know, I was getting the ball almost every single day at practice, right? So it was – and it wasn't just the the short screen routes that we see on, on the film all the time. You know, we were, we were getting – we were getting some deep routes in, uh, you know, just some deep concept routes in um, all throughout spring ball. And even in practices, I was getting the ball a bunch and, um, you know, it just came down to a, a challenging quarterback situation for us, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to, to show people what I got. You know what I mean? I'm excited to show people that I can't catch the ball and I can't I can do something with the ball in my hands. You know, um, of course, I, I kind of like I want to envision my game um, and, and show people how I play. It's kind of like a George Kittle mindset. You know, when I think of George Kittle, I think of a guy who can block and catch and do something with the ball, you know, kind of an all-round tight end is kind of how I want to be, uh, kind of present myself, um, you know, to, to not just the Giants and, and how we play people, but just overall. Um, so, you know, I, I'm excited to, to get after that, you know, and show that I can catch the ball, you know, and I can get down the field and I'm just excited for it. You know, I'm excited to get after it. And uh, like I said, you know, if, if the Giants want me to block my ass off all game, I'll do it. You know, I'll do it as long as we get the win. You know, that's that's what it's about. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I, I want to show that I can be a versatile tight end as well, not just not just a blocking tight end, and not just a receiving tight end like some of these guys in the league, but somebody who can do both. Like, so I'm just popping them in. They're coming in like crazy, like, what's up, big boy? Welcome welcome to the Giants. Like, they're all they're all flooding in here. I don't want to kill you with them, but they're they're all excited, man. That Like I said, we haven't had a – we haven't had a, a Giants tight end in quite some time. It was a great, you know, tight end class, you know. So, um, you know, it was uh, it's it's exciting for the fans to know that like we got a young young guy that you know, you know, can come in and and hey, look, uh, I'm no coach, but like it's gonna be an open competition, man. So, um, go ahead, Zane. I know you got you're brewing on something. Go ahead. Yeah, I got a couple things. Uh, one thing was you know I think. It's a great tight end class, but I always felt like there wasn't much of a complete tight end class. There wasn't a lot of guys who could do everything. But one of the guys who could do everything is on this call right now, which was really exciting about him because he has so much, I guess, we use the word potential a lot, but it's a proven potential. It's not like he can't do it. The offense doesn't gear towards his other skill set. Uh, he said Daniel said he was what, 200 pounds. Bro, one of your strengths is the fact that you're so jacked and muscular and built. So clearly you hit the weight room hard. There's no doubt about how you've changed your physique to really, really be, you know, dominating that tight end spot. And quick little fun fact. Hey, Daniel, how many drops did you have last season? None. Zero. Zero drops. Man's got hands. They didn't target him, but when he did, guess what? He came up with it. He's got some highlights, so you guys need to go watch that. Um, so we got a good one right here. So here we go, right? You get an invite to the combine in the senior bowl, right? So that's got to be an exciting in itself. So do you think these opportunities help a player? Heard a player, or is it really about the comfort and saying, you know what, it's all about the pro day because I got my system, I got my guys. So how do you, how do you feel about maneuvering between all those different venues? Uh, I thought it was a tremendous opportunity. You know, some guys, they think that, oh, I can just hurt myself here. But 
for me, you know, I thought the whole process was just a great opportunity, especially for me in my position uh, to show what I had and to show more than maybe what some of my film showed. Um, so, you know, I just thought it was a tremendous opportunity because at the end of the day, when, when, you're, when you're playing in a playoff game and you're coming down to the fourth and goal, it's not, it's not, oh, I can't, I'll show up the next play, you know, I'll do better at the next day, you know what I mean? Like, I can't just show up at pro day, I'll just, I'll, I'll put the combine to the side and I'll just do it at pro day. You know, you kind of have to answer the call when the call is being, you know, when it's, when it's ringing. Um, it's kind of how I thought about it. So, you know, my process through it was, is, is I have the opportunity, I'm going to make every, everything I can out of this opportunity, you know, not just say, all right, I'll just, I have the senior bowl. I won't do too good at the senior bowl, I'll just do better at the combine. Or I won't do too good at the combine, I'll just do better at, at the pro day. So, for me, I just, I took every opportunity there was and said, you know, this, this could be the chance, or this could be the chance, or this could be the chance. And these were the moments that I think that I hope improve my stock at the end of the day, but really it was just a great opportunity to just show what I got. And I think that, that most guys had that mindset, you know, just coming in and saying, Hey, this is a great opportunity regardless of what happens. And, you know, in 10 years from now, I'm going to be like, Oh, I still went to the NFL combine and I did everything I could at that place. So it was, I, thought, I think it was a great opportunity overall. Awesome. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to go off what Zane said, Dan, uh, is, um, you know, the Giants have had pass catchers and we've had blockers and you're the first one to come along in a long time that has it all. You can block, you can catch, you can run the routes. So that's going to be just a nice breath of fresh air to have somebody that's so balanced, you know, as, as you are. But, you know, I know you played a lot of sports growing up. Was football your number one love? That's my first question. And my second question is, you know, who did you model your game after? A lot of people, I know you mentioned George Kittle. A lot of people say uh, Mark Andrews or Zach Ertz. Yeah, no, um, I, of course, football was my first love. You know, uh, I fell in love with it because when I was six years old, when I first put on the helmet and pads, I can go hit somebody and I wouldn't get in trouble for it. You know, that's why I fell in love with it first and foremost. You know, it's it was one of those things where it's like, it's like I go hit somebody in the playground while we're playing football and I, I'm getting in trouble. But I put on the helmet and shoulder pads and whether I'm on defense or offense and I go run somebody over for the touchdown, it's everybody's cheering for me. And it was just different, you know, and it was, it was why I fell in love with it uh, first and foremost. And, you know, I just, I really just got excited for the game at that point. And, you know, just going on from it like that, it was something that, that I'm going to love forever and I'm, I'm going to keep loving it, you know? Your jersey sales are going to go up after this uh, show tonight. You know that. You're one of Giants, <laughs> Giants fans over. You know, ridiculous well, here. So you mentioned Kittle, right? Like, it, like right. when you're again, I know nobody likes a cop to their own guy. We get it, but like you know, fans are like, he reminds me of. Is there is there a player out there that people go, you know what, Bellinger reminds me of? Is there a guy like again? And we know Kittle, you know, Kittle went in the fifth round. You know what right. I mean? Like nobody knew he was the, the animal that he turned out to be. I mean, the, the that that guy. One, he's, you know, not only is a good player, he seems like a really good human being. Like you know, like, and and that goes a long way with fans. You know what I mean? So we already know you're a good human. So is there anyone that like you model your game after, or did anyone say, "Hey, he reminds me of this guy"? Oh uh, well, first I, I got a chance to actually work with Kittle um, in Nashville uh, about a month ago. Um, so yeah, one, he is a great guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, just working with him and, and then, of course, watching film over the years, you know, of course, I've watched tons of film on guys like Dallas Goddard. You know, I watched, I watched Boyle. I watched Andrews. You know, I watched Kelsey. I watched the Wallers. I watched the Kittles. You know, I watched all these guys. And I try to, you know, I try to do that in my own head. You know, who, what kind of game do I implement? You know what I'm saying? So I've, I've kind of asked my, myself that question, and it's, it's hard to pinpoint. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I look at Dallas Goddard, uh, he can do both. You know, so I'm like, oh, maybe I'm like a Dallas Goddard, but at the same time, I'm built a little bit different in some aspects and my game's a little bit different in some aspects. So 
Um, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm specifically like a tight end. You know, I feel like I can take pieces of pieces from the game of each tight end and kind of put it into my own um, kind of aspect. But if I had to pick somebody, you know, I'd want to implement my game after George Kittle. Um, but I'm saying I'm more like a Dallas Goddard kind of player um, just because that's what I've studied for, for so long. All right. No, I, I I love it. All right. So it's not a bad name at all, man. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I don't think anyone will have complaints if you, if you turn out like, you know, like Goddard is. And, you're, and I'm sure you'll have your own style and you put your own stamp on it. Um, like I said, the Giants fans have loved their tight ends. I mean, they just do. You know what I mean? Um, because the Giants are, have always been known as a blue collar, you know, uh, uh, fan base. You know what I mean? Like hardworking people love their Giants, you know? And, you know, we're known for defense. We're known for, you know, we're not flashy. Giants aren't flashy. They're, they're lunch pail, man. And they come hard and they, you know, and when you, you talked a couple minutes ago about um, being old school and being raised a certain way, like I know, cause you know, you haven't talked to a lot of folks, you know, um, here on the East coast, but like, they're going to wrap your arms around that. Like they're going to love, you know, to know you're that kind of guy because that's what they are. You know, like their, their grandparents came right off the boat from middle, you know what I mean? Or they came right over here from, you know, from, from Spain, or they came over here from, you know, the middle East, or they came like, there's a big melting pot of people, but what they are, they're hardworking people. So I'm sure, you know, they're going to eat this up that you were like, did that guy just say he was old school? Did he, <laughs> you know, does he like that kind of stuff goes a long way, which with, with giants fans. Um, so let's talk about the draft process. This one I'm I'm super excited to ask you about. See how much you're willing to give me. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this this rooftop dinner that you have with assistant GM uh, Brandon Brown. Like a like was that an introductory meeting? Um, have you already been talking to these guys? Like how does that go down? Because I don't know where I found it or who told me. Maybe I was talking to uh, Leonard Marshall, one of the old giants who still friendly with a lot of the younger guys. I don't, I don't know where I got it from, but evidently there's, there's talk that you, you know, there's this rooftop dinner. Fill us in there. Yeah. So it was actually my first time meeting him. You know, it was my first time really talking to anybody from the giants. Um, so, you know, when I, when I got a chance to, you know, introduce myself to him and got a chance to talk and just chop it up, you know, he was just getting to know me. I was getting to know him, um, you know, just kind of throughout the process. Um, and honestly, it was a great time. You know, Mr. Brown is a great guy. You know, he's giving me a lot of insight. And we actually talked about Dallas Goddard and how he how he looked at him when he was coming out um, back at their SDSU, South Dakota State University, when he was on the Eagles. And, you know, he really just was just giving me insight about the league and about New York City, too, because, you know, he knew I wasn't from there. So um, it was an introductory meeting. You know, it was really just to get to know me, uh, for me to get to know him. And, you know, I thought it was a great, great meeting. You know, he gave me a lot of insight inside on the, on the giants and, and kind of how the NFL works and in a snip bit, you know, it's just a, just a small, a short dinner. So it was, uh, it was good. You know, I got a lot of, a lot of information and I thought like he got to know me pretty well as a, as a person as well. And where did you got, where were you guys? Were you at the combine? Uh, no, this was, this was in San Diego, actually rooftop place in San Diego. Um, it was, it was nice. It was nice. It was overlooking the water. So <clears> he it wasn't, it wasn't a bad place to be. He picked up the check, right? He wasn't, he wasn't <laughs> expecting you to pay. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he, he said it was on the Giants, so it was it, awesome. It was, he picked yeah, it up. And, great. and you know he he came from the Eagles, so yeah. you know, yeah. so talking about Goddard, you know, fits right into right. you know the 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 bigger plan, and that's pretty cool because you know um, 
I can imagine like you guys have some pretty good intimate conversations about what it's like living on the East coast, playing for the East coast, like, you know, what things to tune out, you know what I mean? What exactly. things that, you know, cause it, you know, there's a lot of noise in New York. Like I said, we, we're fortunate. Uh, I've been doing this podcast for three years. We don't do any gotcha stuff. You know what I mean? But like, you know, the bar's high. They, the Giants, you know, they're rebuilding. The Giants fans want to win, you know. So um, I'm sure he probably gave you some great insight to, you know, how to, you know, how to move, maneuver, you know, uh, uh, being a pro. But that's cool. Uh, as when I heard that, I was like kind of sneaky. You know what I mean? Just like <laughs> slipping in for a for a dinner and uh it was, yeah, it was I, right before pro day it was the day before it was it before so. you're okay i was gonna say yeah. like where where does it fall in okay right before yeah, the right pro before day, pro day yep. awesome oh, and and i guess my last question was when you left that meeting like did you feel like hey i they i guess that went pretty well maybe like they're interested in me or did, or for you is that just a well that's a formality like how did it feel when you left the dinner Right. I mean, I, I felt like, um, you know, every team kind of keeps it on the love. So they're like, well, we might pick you, you know, we might not, you know, just kind of like, they're basically just saying, be ready if we do pick you and, and be ready if we don't pick you, you know, kind of situation. So, you know, I, I left the meeting feeling good. You know, I felt like he got to know me pretty well. And, you know, I felt like I connected with him pretty well. And like I said, he gave me great insight. So, you know, I felt, I felt pretty good about the meeting, but of course there's always the uncertainty of, who knows what's going to happen and, you know, come draft day. So where, where were you when you got the call? I mean, you see these stories where guys are fishing. Some guys <laughs> are like, you know, shopping with their girlfriends. Like, like, where are you when you get the call? Um, I was in, I was in Vegas. Um, I, my family got me a suite. So we were in a suite in Vegas. So just hanging out with the family in Vegas is nice. Okay. You got a big family, small family, a small family, you know, just me my dad, uh, my sister, my mom, and then, I have my half brother and uh, his dad who were super close with me. So nice. kind of small and nice, it was nice. Yeah, man. That, all right. That's super cool. Cause I'm, I hear these stories where guys like they don't get drafted, you know, like right. in a round that they expect to go. So they, they bolt, you know, and the next <laughs> thing you know, the guy's like fishing or hunting yeah. or, you know, and so, all right. So you, at least you were prepared. You were hanging out. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Very cool. Go ahead, Zane. You jump in. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you're asking the question that I think you're going to ask because you know, I'm attached to these numbers. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to get, get to that number one, but before I do I had a quick, quick question, cause we, we talk about this, right? So obviously you can't necessarily answer this and that's okay. Right. But when you met with all these different teams, did you get any feeling that I want to go here? Now, you don't have to say the jet. You're already here. We're, we're fine either way, right? It could have been another <laughs> team. But did you get a feeling somewhere that, you know what, I kind of, I don't want to say belong because you've only met a handful of people, but did you get, like, did you feel a connection anywhere um, with the Giants at least? I'm sure other places too. But was there any party that walked away and like, ah, kind of hope they pull my name, man. Kind of hope they pull the trigger. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, biggest biggest time I kind of felt like that is when I met the tight end coaches. Um, you know, Coach Coach Biscoff, when I met him at, at the uh, Combine, was actually one of those guys, you know, I got a chance to talk to him, and he knew some of my old coaches at San Diego State, so we kind of connected that way. And, uh, you know, he was, he was one of the tight end coaches. I, it was really just him and um, the Falcons coach, uh, tight end coach. Those were the only two tight end coaches that I felt really connected to. And, um, you know, Coach Biscoff gave me a lot of good insight. You know, it, it, was, it was funny because a lot of the tight end coaches, and a lot of them were just like, Hey, just draw up plays and let's see what you know, kind of thing. But but Coach Biscoff started drawing up uh, Giants plays and started teaching you right there and then. So for me, it was it was it was different than what the other tight end coaches were doing, um, and it was exciting because it was like, all right, I'm I'm starting to learn NFL plays, um, NFL runs, NFL concepts. Um, so it was exciting, you know. I feel like I really connected with him 
um, much more than other tight end coaches because of that aspect. Um, so it was, it was, it was cool connecting with coach Biscoff and, you know, it's, it's, it's been great. So I'm ready for it. Definitely glad it worked out, man. Your, 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 your energy right now is just where it needs to be, man. I feel like, right. like I said, the excitement's there. Yeah, baby. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to jump into this numbers game. Cause as we were talking, so you're getting 45, very interesting number, right? For, for, yeah. eight, for a tight end. And now 45, if we move a little bit historically for the Giants, you got a couple names like for the older, not older, but mid-older crowd. You got Madison Hedgecock, who was a fullback. It's a fullback number. After him, we had the Hinoceros, a.k.a. Henry Hinoski, right? But another fullback. And if you go previously, I'm sure Craig's got other names that attach to 45 uh, than I do. But traditionally, no, nobody, it's been nobody a, good, though, Zane. Don't worry about it. Hey, I like the Hinoceros. <laughs> Uh, but normally a fullback number, which is interesting because while you're not a fullback, you sure as hell can plow people like one. Uh, so what what happened with that with that number? Uh, I know 88 belongs to I forgot his name. I think a wide receiver right now has 88. Uh, so that number's well, out there somewhere. Well, it was Ingram. Yeah, but I think it got reassigned. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so I think, yeah, why, I think why not? Uh, I think Atkins has it now, I believe. There you um, go. That's I, his name. Yeah. So, and um, I wasn't, I wasn't given a choice. Uh, you know, I found out <laughs> the same time you guys found out. Uh, so, you know, I saw it on Twitter. I got tagged in and I was like, oh, I'm 45. You know, um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, if, if I got to pick, you know, I'd pick an 88 number. I, you know, I'd pick an 80 number, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the opportunity regardless, right? You know, I'm just happy to have the number, have the jersey. Uh, you gonna... know, I was thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So are you going to try to cut a deal? Are you going to try to cut a deal for 88? Or are you, you're just good? Uh, I might I'm have, have to. to have I it. might have to. You know, so have to, one, of my, uh, one of my favorite 88s is a Super Bowl champion, Hakeem Nix. Big fan. He was rocking that 88. All right. So I'll tell, you, somewhere. <laughs> I'll tell you a story, quick story, uh, Dan. Um, we get a lot of really cool guys on the show. So Carl Banks won, a, won two Super Bowls with the Giants, uh, probably top five linebackers of all time. He told us a story when we interviewed him. He used he went to Michigan State. He wore number fifty four, and when he showed up first day, um, you know, at the facility, fifty four was already taken by another linebacker named Andy Hedden. And you know, Carl Banks, like I said, went on to be one of the best the Giants have ever had. When he shows up, there's Andy Hedden. He says, "Yo, homeboy." He says. You want this 54? 30 G's. And and Carl Banks look, looked at the equipment manager and goes, put your hand in a bag and throw me something. You know, he reached in the bag. He pulls out 58. He throws him, you know, to Banks to 58. And it goes down in history. Like, now 58 is like a number. Like, you know, it's Carl Banks' number. Carl Banks is also now the um, the play-by-play guy for the Giants, um, you know, for, for a good dozen years now. But – there's like just this week, Thibodeau, you know, first round draft pick made a deal with with with, with Graham Gano for the five. So <clears throat> there's always deals to be made for numbers. There's always deals to be made, my friend. Right, right, right. Now, like I said, I'm just happy to have it. So if I got if I got if I got to make 45 a household number, then that's what I got to do. <laughs> so you so we got we got people in the comments saying they're ready to buy a 45 jersey. So it's, it's all done. <laughs> All right, so hear about this one, uh, um, Dan. You wore 13 in high school. Right. My question is, is there any chance, any chance maybe you wore 13 because Odell Beckham wore 13? Uh, I don't think so. No, I'm going to go down with 13. <laughs> All right, I didn't know if 13 was like, if it, if it had a, uh, you know, if it had any uh, attachment to you, like why you wore 13. 
Uh, for me, it was it was always like the guy ahead of me when I was at the school. You know, when I was at Palo my freshman year, uh, the star tight end at the time wore 13. So when I was a freshman, I'm like, I'm wearing 13 when I'm a senior. Um, and then when I came in, um, a guy named David Wells uh, was a senior just leaving when I came in as a freshman at San Diego State. Um, and he was the starting the starting wide tight end at San Diego State. And he wore 88. So when I came in and I got 88, I was like, yeah, I want 88 because I want to be the, the, next, the next guy for this team. So I kind of played it by uh, just – how I felt about it was just the number from from the guy above me type, kind of kind of feeling. So that's pretty that's cool. The reason I wore thirteen. Yeah. Love. It. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, you know, Dan. T- tomorrow you you leave, and it's going to be your first time meeting the, all the coaches in person, right? So you know, obviously you've spoken on uh, on the phone or Zoom. Uh, Coach Kafka, Coach Dable, Coach Biscoff. Uh, any indications on? I know maybe you can't say too much, but any indications of what they what their what your role may be? Have they sprinkled a couple of little hints here and there? Not yet. You know, not yet. Right now, we're just kind of trying to get the whole playbook in. You know, it's going to be a process with not just myself, but the other rookies and the other rookie tight ends. So um, it's just a, a big opportunity, right? You know, just coming in and, and having this big opportunity. And, uh, you know, there's been no no role, um, anything like that yet. Just just kind of getting getting everything under my belt and kind of getting settled in first. And then maybe down the road, kind of kind of getting that in there. Sounds good. We expect you to do a little bit of everything. So we're looking forward to it. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to oh, yeah. be exciting, uh, you know, for a tight end to come into the Giants right now because you think Kafka, you know, comes with Kelsey, and, you know, and, and Mahomes. And then, you know, of course, you know, you've got the, the, the boys from, from Buffalo with, with Knox, which, which I'm going to bring up. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, so I'm going to give you a quick backstory. And, and you might already know this, but – so the Giants, you know, with, with, uh, with GM Joe Shane and, and Coach Dable, they drafted Knox in the third round, okay, from Old Miss. Um, and what's unique about it is he never caught a touchdown at Old Miss, ever. So when you look at what kind of tight end, you know, that they, that they brought over to Buffalo, I mean, I'm looking at his numbers here now. Old Miss had – you know, A.J. Brown and uh, D.K. Metcalf. So they love to go vertical, right? So they didn't throw the ball a lot to to Dawson Knox. Um, he turned, you know, they he became a better pro than he was a college player, right? Because they gave him an opportunity. His senior year, you know, we averaged 8.3 yards to catch for almost 600 yards and nine touchdowns, you know, his third year in the league. This was a guy who never caught a touchdown in three years, you know, at Ole Miss. So, I kind of, you know, feel like there's an opportunity like where, hey, they're looking at you like we could coach him up. We He already is good at a lot of things. You know what I mean? Let's get the ball in his hand because Ole Miss never put the ball in Knox's hand. It almost feels like the identical story. Um, and I'm sure you, you, you know, Chris and, and Zane, you guys jump in if you guys agree because it feels like they're looking for that guy that maybe is a little under the radar, coach him up and get the ball in his hand because – that's exactly what they did with Knox. Literally, you know, he was like an afterthought at Ole Miss, you know, with those with those vertical pass catchers. And now he's he's a stud. Like, do you guys agree, Chris? Do you agree that that's a, that's a potential here? Absolutely. And when you look at Kafka coming over from Kansas City, working with that Andy Reid system, obviously, you know, what their tight end does, right? So I think you're going to get a little bit of everything. You're going to get a little bit of that, maybe that KC flavor, but we're also going to bring that Buffalo system. So I think you're going to have the best of both worlds, Dan, from both of those systems. And it's not going to surprise me that you're going to be, you know, one of the features there on offense for sure. 
Zane, what about what's your thoughts? I think the one thing we're not talking about with this kid, which I didn't hear a lot of, even like draft and all that, he's extremely underrated in his athleticism. This kid's really athletic, all right? Not even like in a joking manner. He's actually really athletic. So if you went back to his highlights, right, you saw him, you know, catching little screens, bubbles, dumps right out of the backfield, but he was gone. You were like, oh, well, he's going to get caught, right? He's a tight end. Not for at least 50, 60 yards. Guy's like 260, but runs a 4.6, right? His athleticism is actually a little bit under the chart. So they have this new metric, or not new metric, but a metric called RAS, right? Which is the relative athletic score, which is becoming a big thing here. So you're now graded on things. So quick synopsis for, for Daniel here. He got a 9.45 RAS score, which from 1987 to today, out of 940 or 50 tight ends, he's ranked 53rd athletically. That's like almost top 5%. That's pretty that's, cool. That's a trait that's going to jump out a lot once he hits the field because we're used to seeing him. And even he said, right, he got used as a blocker. Once they release him, don't be surprised on the moves this guy makes. Like, the reason I'm so excited is because I didn't know how athletic he was, uh, but that's what I've learned a lot. Is Dang, the, cat, the cat played basketball and ran track. But I didn't, I mean, I didn't like, know, but you didn't see it at San Diego because they didn't let him feature sure. that skill as much, right? Yep. You saw it in tidbits, right? Like I said, well, I saw this one screen where he caught it like the seven. He didn't get tackled down to like the opposite seven. So, yeah. And he's, again, he's 260. Six five, right? And he's outrunning DBs, linebackers, you name it. That's athleticism to a core. I know he's got in his back right in his background, but I can't wait to see that kind of explosion take place. You don't, you don't find tight ends that run that run track, play basketball, play no. football. And I'm sure the guy I'm sure like, you know, hanging around the desert, he's you know, he's playing baseball and lacrosse at the same time. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure he's got a couple of that in the in the backyard too. All right. I know you don't want to hang out with us all day. I got one more question, then I'm gonna give you the speed round. Um, what do you want the Giants fans to know about you? Because I will tell you, uh, I'm a season ticket holder. I plan on seeing you every week. Um, I've had season tickets in my family since 1968. All right. So I've seen a lot of dudes play and I can tell you that again, blue collar, love their defense. They love their tight ends. They, you know, they love their smash mouth running backs, you know, uh, Rodney Hampton, Joe Morris, OJ Anderson, you know, uh, Brandon Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw, they love smash mouth football. If you pancake dudes, they're going to love you. If you, you know, if you, uh, if you play with crazy amount of energy, they will love you. Um, you know, if, if you make catches, they will love you. Like they overlook mistakes. They want to like the giants for the last 10 years are just missing a cat that can bring energy and, and make the hard catch that contested catch. You know, they want, they want a guy that like wants the ball. They want one, wants the extra. I've seen you fighting for extra yards. I've seen you make guys miss. So I think they're really going to embrace you, Daniel. And and I think you're going to be super excited wearing blue when you first get, you know, game day with 80,000 people rocking the place, you know, um, I, I think you're going to like it. So what do you want Giants fans like right here? You know, this is going to go get, you know, a couple thousand views, you know, between today and tomorrow. You know, what do you want Giants fans to know about, like, your game? I just want them to know I'm going to be physical. You know, biggest thing for me is physicality, you know, whether it's in the run game, pass game, uh, you know, whether I got to get a DB off me on, on a route or if I got to take a DN to the ground. You know what I mean? I just I want them to know I'll be physical. You know, I'm going to be smart, but uh, I'll be physical at the end of the day is, is how I want to implement my game. And I want Giants fans to know that they're, they're going to get everything I got. You know what I mean? They're going to get they're gonna get everything I got, whether it's, whether it's me going 100% on a run block or if it's me – diving for a pass you know what i mean i want them to know i'm gonna be a physical player um and that's that's how i want to implement myself 
I tell them all, don't don't let the girls be a distraction because them New York ladies, they they take them down, man. They take them down. I'm just saying. They're a whole different breed. All right. I got you. Uh, gentlemen, I'm going to give them the speed round, and then I'm going to – I'm just saying, we all know – look, you're laughing because you know it's true. You know what happens. They all have the they all have the backbone. Boy, he, he doesn't have and, to worry about just the New York girls. He's got to remember about the Jersey ones too. You're situated, man. Well, you're you're in the metropolis. You got all of them. <laughs> you got all of them. I'm combining the Jersey New York girls because I already know where he's gonna live. He, they all hang. They all live in the same area, and it's gonna, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. But then again, again, he comes from San Diego, so he's used to a certain yeah, a certain uh, flavor of ice cream but you know uh <laughs> you know it's all good man we we're excited to have you all right it's speed round and then it's i'm going to let you robins, it's baskin robins over here baby 31 flavors <laughs> like you said the melting pot yeah yep, exactly all right daniel <laughs> speed round ready uh number 1 whitewater rafting or rock climbing rock climbing um dunk or three pointer nothing but net oh. Dunk, man. Come on. All right. <laughs> I'm assuming you could dunk. Yeah. Being yeah. like as tall as you are. Um, okay. First thing, and you might not know this yet, because when you get off the plane tomorrow at 7 a.m., it's probably gonna hit you. But first thing on the bucket list when you get to New York. Uh, I want to see the Empire State Building. All right. I thought that was gonna be number two. I'm gonna again remember remember this tomorrow. Go see the Empire State Building, and immediately after you see the Empire State Building, there's only one thing to do on the bucket list after that. Eat What's pizza. That? Pizza. <laughs> uh, I love pizza. Well, I'm, 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 listen, any anyone will vouch. There is nothing like pizza, whether it's North Jersey or New York, and you'll be like, dude, this cat on the interview told me it was, it was good. Like, it's really good. So – I'm excited now, man. So now, so so go see the Empire. Uh, and by the way, the slices in New York are like this wide. So it's perfect. Yeah, you'll love it. All right, this is for your. Uh, this is for uh, uh, for your your uh, your Navy background. Uh, because you got Navy in your blood, and I'm ho- I'm hoping you've seen this. You have to because you're a Navy kid. Maverick or Iceman? Mm, I'm about to go with Maverick. All right, fair enough. Go with Maverick. Yeah, Top Gun Two is coming out pretty soon. Most people go Maverick. No, dude, Iceman's a bad. I mean, I go Iceman, but I said most people go Maverick. All right, fine, all right, <laughs> all right. Dan, Dan, they make a movie about your life. Who's who's gonna play you? And it can't be you. Ooh. Man, I probably I say. That. I don't know. I'll say Travis Kelsey. That'd be funny. Oh, all right, fair enough. One. That'd be funny. <laughs> all right, um, and this is only to have some fun. I want to test just a little bit. Can you name the famous Giants tight end whose nickname is Rambo? Uh, he was tough as nails, and he looks like Stice, uh, He looks like Sylvester Stallone. No, I probably can't tell you that. <laughs> no, all right. So look, the the number one tight end in Giants history is Mark Bavaro. Bavaro. All right. my, my dad was actually just talking to me about him earlier. Yeah, so, so Mark Bavaro, um, um, I'm trying to think if he was – he was Notre Dame guy. Um, he looks exactly like Sylvester Stallone. I know you know who Sylvester Stallone is. Yep, yep. He didn't talk a whole lot. He was scary as hell. And if, and if you get a chance, like you're sitting around the airport, YouTube, Mark Bavaro, San Francisco 49ers. Like it's it's like 
famous, it's a famous piece of tape that he carried six guys on his back for like 25, 30 yards. Damn, so, yeah, so keep so the two the two most famous tight ends in giant history that you know are, are the best tight ends is number 89, Mark Bavaro, and then number 80, Jeremy Shockey. And Shockey came from uh from Miami. And those dudes, if you can if you can get your game even half to what they did, you will be you will be beloved in this town. All right. Uh when you score a TD, do you have a TD celebration? And if so, what is it gonna be? Uh, right now, I don't have a tight end celebration. All I did was San Diego State was just flex. Hey, there you go. Flex on them. Got to flex on them. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, Trailblazers, Jazz, or the Kings? I'm going to have to go with Trailblazers. Trailblazers. I just, because right, right. you know where you grew up, you kind of sit in between like those three right. franchises. Right. I mean, I was, I never watched, watched basketball too much. So, I'm, you know, I was a football guy, but. And if I had to pick, I'll say Trailblazers. Trailblazers. All right. All right. Last two. Uh, your socials. You a Twitter guy? You an IG guy? You a Snapchat guy? I'm an IG guy. You know, of course, I got all three, but I'd say I'm an IG guy. All right. Well, you definitely go on Twitter because that's how we hooked up. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, too, and, and Snapchat as well. But all right. I had to pick one. I'd say and and, and listen, before and before when we were chatting about, about nothing to promote, you can always come, you know, one, we hope to get you back. I know what happens. You're going to find out after after you get in the building. They're going to tell you not to do any media unless they unless they you know approve of it. It happens real fast. But if right. you ever get anything you do want to promote, you know you can always reach out. We'd be more than glad to help you out in any possible way. We'll do. All right. We'll do. Last question for Daniel Bellinger, fourth round draft pick out of San Diego State. Our new tight end number forty five. Do you play video games? And if so, what's your go to game? I do. My go-to game is definitely Madden. You know, I love Madden. Oh, oh see, now I got it. Okay. So, la- I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, last night, la- literally last night, I I don't know if you know who MMG is. Yep. Yep, I do. We interviewed him last night. I, 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 wa- I was watching some of it earlier today. Oh, All right, nice. man. He, w- he was a cool cat, man. He, he yeah, was very cool. cool. Yeah. He's yeah. Cool. He, I mean, he's living his best life. He's in Hawaii. He's in Arizona. <laughs> he's in Michigan. Um. All right, so so Madden's your game. Who's your um, Who's your Madden team, though? I was I mean, gonna say, like, you're gonna rock it with. Is he yeah, gonna play so, himself? Well, you so usually when I play uh, with my friends and stuff, we just do randoms. You know, it's usually how we do it. Yeah. Um, but growing up, growing up, uh, my dad actually lived in Florida for a long time, so he was a big Miami Dolphins fan, and so I kind of grew up a Dolphins fan. So I kind of use the Dolphins, especially I, I update the rosters and just throw to Tyreek Hill every play. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. All right, guys. Um, I'm. Uh, if you have anything last to uh, ask him, ask him now because I'm gonna let him go. You good? Good. How does it feel when you wake up every day? Does it feel real yet? Has it really sunk in, or is it gonna be tomorrow when you get on that plane? You actually have to deplane, and you're looking around. You're like, "Where's New? This is Newark, New Jersey." And then they put you in that nice little car and drive over to East Rutherford, and boom, you're at MetLife. Is that really where you think it's gonna hit? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, it hasn't hit me yet. You know, I'm just every time I think about it, I just think about getting on the field. You know, just playing ball. So I haven't think I haven't thought about any anything else besides just just getting there and, and getting the system down so I can I can play some football. Yeah, man. Yeah, have man. a have yeah. a safe flight. Have a safe trip. We're like I said, excited. Your energy is exactly where it needs to be. I'm, I'm excited about this guy. I gotta put this on the screen because it's really funny. All right, and I don't I don't normally do this. But I gotta, <laughs> I put, this gonna on, put, I gotta put this on the screen. And and uh, ready? Here it is. 
He says, I'll love him as long as he catches better than Ingram. I don't, I, I don't usually like to do that because I, I don't usually, but look, man, if, if, if you catch the ball, Giants fans will love you. If you pancake dudes, they'll love you. If you play with energy, they will love you. They don't, they don't care much about mistakes. I mean, like, they just want, they just want guys that effort, love man. Be, yeah, be yourself right. and show, because we're, we're watching, right? We see the effort. And we yep. say, as long as you see the effort, we're fine if you miss a block. We're fine if you, you're not perfect. And, that's fine. But if the effort is there, we're happy. We're happy. And, and you right. know what, Zane? Everything he said about, like, you know, his family, the old school style of play, wanting to get in the field. You watch him block. The dude's a beast. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally, you watch the fact you got great hand placement. You know what I mean? You sink the hips. You drive. I mean, like, the you word, know. The word we, used over and over, the adjective is dominant because yeah. he's literally dominant. So I'm, I'm well, really looking forward to that. Hey, man, you take pride in, in blocking, and not a lot of cats do that no more. So, and then, of course, like I said, like I think the Giants are going to really kind of surprise some folks and get you, uh, get Daniel Jones to get the ball in your hand. So, um, A, thanks for hanging out with us. Two, Keep us in your back pocket if you ever need us, because they're not going to let us talk after tomorrow. But <laughs> if you need anything, you got, you know, we can hook up. If you need anything at all, promote anything, charity, golf outings, whatever you're doing, you know, just just let us let us know. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. And, uh, you know, I'll be there on Sundays rooting for you, dude. All right. Thank you guys and, so uh, much. This, this is- shout out. And by the way, I want an exclusive to change your number. That's all I want to know. I want to be like, yo, Craig. <laughs> I'm changing my number. It's all I want. It's it. I, I just want to be I like, you. I talked to Daniel Bellinger. He hit me up. He's changing his number. It's all I want to do. I just want to <laughs> tell the people that, that you're moving. Because no, remember, numbers in New York, we've got so many people with like retired numbers and, and so many great athletes between the Rangers, the Yankees, the Mets, the Giants. Like numbers are like like gold in, in, in New York, you know? So right. um, it's going to be cool. Anyway. Thanks for hanging out. If you're watching another episode of the Giants, guys, um, um, this will be – it's ready to go. You can watch it right now if you miss it, but I'll edit it up tomorrow, drop it in, you know, make it nice and clean. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're out.